So hi, Matthias. What was your first line of code? Um, hi, Adam. Okay, so this is a long time ago. I think it was uh, Hello World in Power Basic in the early 90s. Power, Power Basic? Yeah, it was Power Basic. It was, it was shipped with my first PC. It was from high screen, a high screen PC, and there was Power Basic out of the box available. Yes. Very interesting, because I know QBasic, but never heard about PowerBasic. Yeah, so, I, I, I know QBasic, I think, was part of uh, Microsoft DOS. And on this PC, it was a special edition. It was a DL DOS. I don't know if you know from digital research. Uh -huh. Very similar. Okay. And it was from Wobis, was a PC seller, uh, a computer store, and they shipped uh, DL DOS with some tools, and PowerBasic was part of it. And Afterwards, I realized that it was uh, very powerful. So it's comparable with Turbo Pascal. Really? But it's basic syntax. You have procedures and all this stuff. So this was my first line of code with Tower Basic, yes. Okay. And, and uh, was it your machine? So, um, Unfortunately not. I think I was 13 or 15, 14 years old and was a PC of my parents. Uh, and at this time, I just was curious about everything and I tried each program, even without knowing what happens. And yes, and so I detected all the power basic on this PC. And then I tried to uh, play a little bit with the stuff. And then I, uh, then afterwards I realized, okay, this is programming code. Okay. So, uh, you, so you didn't play it a lot. So you didn't like games. So you just started no. with, no, uh, with the serious stuff, started. right? Uh, no, not really at this time, of course, uh, as the most time was gaming, of course, all the days uh, with floppy disk after school, we changed a lot of uh, games. And uh, of course, but uh, I was always interested how does it work? Let me say, because I was not, a, I, get, I play the games, but uh, I was not very good in playing the games. <laughs> okay. So um, what's, what's interesting me, because if you're playing a game, you forget the time. So if actually you have no time for anything else. So, and, and, and you still have time then, you know, to find out things and, and start, you know, various programs from a computer so you were not very good at games and you wanted then to see how the the games are made or what was the story yeah, exactly and the first step was of course how can i cheat this stuff maybe to change the high score list to something else how is it working behind the scenes uh, because of the change the games of course and so it was just interesting to see how does it work and um nevertheless i spent a lot of time with gaming in this age <laughs> yeah what i remember actually because you're saying this right now um, I, I couldn't understand, you know, where is the source code? So um, my computer was a little bit earlier, but was also basic, and I wrote lots of basic stuff. But the games came, you know, ready to use. So I had the, it's like, why? You know, why there's no source code? So I would expect that you would run, you know, or load the game as a source code, and it will run. But the game come, of course, they were written in uh, in assembly or, or C or whatever. And uh, this is what uh, make, made me really curious, you know, why the games are different to my stuff what i am actually building uh, this is uh, because on my pc it was the case but of course some of my friends also before was not on my own pc was as uh, a commodore c64 mm -hmm. some of the games was just written in uh, uh, basic that mm -hmm. you have to load and run the game so you have a you have a look you was able to see something of the games and uh, so this was my first starting point where i realized okay this is there's something like, like a program code which is executable, but of course the games uh, we played in, on my PC was the most time just uh, also saw the executables. So you started earlier than the PC, right? Yeah, of, of course, but not was not my own PC. It was uh, after the school we were meeting with some friends, and then they had already a C64, 
Okay, so you very first, you know, encounter to a computer was it the C64? Um, yeah, but I think it was it was uh, my first one was I think 1991 or 1992 was my first PC. Okay, and before I think a uh, few years before, some of uh, my friends had already some PCs where we met after school and. Okay, uh, but what was the what was the computer you saw the first time? So you remember that? So the first time I saw a computer, which what machine was it? In and where? Yeah, it was a C sixty four. C sixty four. Okay, so it's already yeah. a nice machine. Huh? Okay, so you you did a little bit with Power Basic. What happens then? Uh, after that, I, I tried to um, was um, uh, besides this uh, just to learn a little bit more about programming. Um, There was a magazine, uh, which was a monthly, uh, each month you get this magazine from this uh, computer store, and they explained how to use the uh, programs they shipped. So, uh, and one of the series was uh, also an explanation about BASIC. And so I followed the stuff and I was very happy because of now I was able to produce something more than a hello world, just to follow these guides. And I tried to, of course, I tried to develop my own game, uh, which was quite complicated to develop a jump and run game. but. It works a little bit, and so um, yes. So I tried to uh, have a to uh, develop a jump and run game uh, with Power Basic. We have different screens. You run about the screens, and then uh, yeah, exactly. And then if you run against the border, you was dead, and so on. This was something what I tried to develop, but after that, I realized it's very complicated to share with my friends okay. because it's just a basic file and. So I tried everything. How can I share it? Because if I was very proud of the stuff, even if it was not very good, uh, but I would like to share the game. And so I make different experiences. So I tried, okay, how can I do this? So I, I tried to change the color of Power Basic and ship Power Basic with my basic files. Okay. <laughs> and said, okay, said, it's not so complicated. I um, changed everything to black and wrote a batch file and say, okay, please, uh, please uh, press enter and press F5. To execute the environment as a program and such stuff. Um, yeah, uh, but after that, I realized okay, I need a I need a system where I can compile executables. Mm -hmm. And since I think it was Christmas when I bought my first uh, developer system with um, where I can compile to executables. Then I was able to share my uh, developed stuff, but the feedback was of course <laughs> quite bad. Everybody said okay, this is a very bad game comparing to. Commander Keen or something else, which was out there at this time. Okay, <laughs> but for me it was fun. So at Christmas you got a new machine, or just uh, got you your first IDE? As the first IDE, a full version where I can uh, run executables. And what was it? It was Power Basic. Uh, uh, still, as a full okay. Version. It's a, uh, still Power Basic because I was familiar with the stuff, and uh, as this, I, I take all my money, and then I think it was two hundred D mark, D mark at this time, mm -hmm. and then I was able to have a full version. Oh, uh, that's interesting. So the the Power Basic, what you got was like uh, you no know, demo version or shareware. So you were not able to produce the executable, and then you bought you know exactly, the exactly. the IDE, and then you can you know, ship the the binary file. Exactly. Yeah, cool. And then yeah. what was uh, after uh, after send? I switched to Turbo Pascal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had version a few months later. I switched <laughs> and said, okay, Turbo Pascal is still cool, and so we got a license from school at this time, so it was uh, fine. But uh, before, I didn't know about Turbo Pascal. So what's interesting, so your first uh, first uh, program you wrote was actually the game, right? Yeah, yes, more where I was, uh, which was, let me say, a real story behind. Before, I had some uh, experience just to have 
to build menu bars. And I was fascinated from this stuff. There's a menu bar and a click and drop down list, but there was no added value. It was just to, to see something on the screen, let me say. Okay. So you are expert in menu bars. <laughs> at, at this time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, okay. And then Tubo Pascal, you learned about the programming language at school. Yes. Was it, uh, you know, the, which school was it? It was, um, in, uh, in Germany, it's a Realschule was it this time. Okay. Uh, and, uh, at this time it was very, um, progressive, let me say. Um, was already in school. We had in the, I think in, in, in the eighth class, we already learned a little bit about, um, GV basic from the C64 and from the nine and 10 class, we, uh, worked with Turbo Pascal. I think that the Realschule is the high school, something similar. To the international yeah, business. maybe I'm not completely sure if you can compare. Yes, maybe yes. Yes, something like this, right? This is the yeah. the the second major school, I would say. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, and uh, you like Turbo Pascal, or, or or you still preferred Power Power Basic? Um, I liked it, but uh, from so from the uh, ideas, I think it was almost the same because of also Power Basic supports procedures, call by reference, call by value. So, but the cool thing was, I understand it's cool what I have done before. So at the beginning, I just did it and it worked, but I have no really, uh, I don't understand every idea behind the concepts. Uh, but in the school, we learned a little bit more. So for me, it was okay. And then I switched to Turbo Pascal because of if you work in school with this stuff. So just uh, for me, it was almost the same. And yeah, it was quite cool. Yeah, but you already understood uh, call by reference and uh, back then? Yes, I, I, I used it, but I don't understand the full ideas behind I use if I if I take them this way if I write it in or out so uh, then the behavior is this one but I don't know the term at this time this learned uh, I learned this is cool uh, in the real school already so this is actually yeah, uh, yeah. this was amazing so that you learned you yeah, know was, so early uh, such stuff yeah it was uh, was quite cool at this time because of uh, later when I uh, when I discussed with uh, other people and they say okay they never used this uh, they made other things which which we don't do it's cool but uh, this school was uh, quite cool well, some teachers were very progressive and uh, teach a lot of this stuff so it was a good time my teacher had a programming language it was strange but he wrote a chess program and the pr programming language was uh komal or something like this no, not COBOL, rather COMAL or something like this. So, but it was uh, easy to read and he was uh, uh, really into it. So, um, yeah, this was uh, my experience. Also a very progressive teacher. So what you did after Turbo Pascal? Uh, I started with C. Oh, and, 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 and in Turbo Pascal you wrote something uh, else which was significant, like uh, the game in, in PowerBase? Um, you... No, it was something for school. We did some um, some tools just to address management, but To be clear, in in this age, I know all the phone number of my friends. In my, I had it in my head, so I don't need a computer for doing this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I I wrote this program for address management, but normally nobody have a need for this. Okay. And uh, so the C, How, why yeah. you started with C? Because of uh, after this Realschule, I changed to the Fachoberschule. It's the next level, just uh, to be able to uh, study afterwards. Um, and at this was um, the option to have an additional course about mm -hmm. C. And of course, I was curious about this. And then I started with C and I liked it. It was, was cool. Yeah, this is actually and interesting because you learned C before actually you started, right? So this is... Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly so. And this was, uh, was for me, it was very cool. Uh, 
because of Sender, you learned much more um, concepts about programming language with C. And um, so this was uh, very good. Okay. And uh, you just learned that there's, uh, I suppose, nothing significant, so there was no additional game, so you just learned C, right? Uh, no, at, at this time, uh, then I was already also 16 and so, I, I developed uh, some stuff, but then you have less time because we have to go out and so on. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. A little bit more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this was my, my next question, whether you spent all the time just hacking in the basement or you had a uh, first or second life, you know? <laughs> you know uh, let me say it's, uh, it's uh, 16... The C or the computer was my second life. The first life was going out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't ask you anymore what you did uh, outside, but uh, uh, I can imagine with 16. <laughs> so um, so then, um, so you had C, and then you started uh, st uh, study, I guess, right? Yes. Computer science? That's, uh, uh, yes, uh, at the University of Applied Science was uh, computer science, yeah. Yeah, where was it? In Würzburg. Würzburg, okay. Um, so around, I would say, 200 kilometers, oh, 300 kilometers north of Munich, or 250, or how, how old? Uh, yeah, 250 is 300, so it's more close to Frankfurt. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, what happened in study? So you learned, uh, you stick with C, or you learned another language? Um, uh, uh, at this time, we started with, again, with Turbo Pascal, okay. then C, C++, uh, then C, C++. Um, and C++ was interesting, because it was the first time when I worked with an object-oriented language. And I don't like it in the beginning. You didn't like it? Uh, I, I don't like it. Uh, coming from C, I, I don't like the C++ was uh, many things with wizards and was many magic behind. Um, so maybe I started wrong because of after we got the idea and the concept, I started with ActiveX controls. Mm -hmm. And this was uh, writing ActiveX controls was not really um, intuitive for me. So you have everything to do with some wizards because of otherwise it's become too complicated. And so I, I don't was uh, very happy about C, my experience with C++. So I uh, assumed it was Visual C++, right, for Microsoft? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, then probably you were better because you know the... Uh, and which compiler, C compiler you used at, at the Fachhochschule of the FOS? Oh, mm, Linux? I, I, mm, no, no, no. I think it was uh, already on Windows PCs with uh, uh, Microsoft Visual Studio. But, okay. Um, was not on Linux. So. Okay, then it was probably uh, Microsoft as well. So, um, yeah. because I, I wonder whether you were better than the profs, you know, if you know already C and they uh, wanted you, you to use, you know, wizards. So, probably, you know, there were different expectations. After I realized what we did at the university at this time, I don't visit it too often. I was not so often in the university. <laughs> okay. So, I, 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 I cannot share if the profs are better. I, I think they have experience, but. From my experience, they, they just teach some basics and the mission of the students is to go in detail. So, but <laughs> I yeah. don't was too often there. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, you, but you finished the study? Yes. Uh, otherwise, I, get, I would have get trouble with my mom. <laughs> ah, okay. So at the study, <laughs> nothing significant happened. So, you, you know, you survived the study and, uh, and spent a lot of time no. outside because you were uh, older no, than no, 60? No, no, no. no? <laughs> no I, 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 was, I was a little bit more uh, older. Okay. Um, because of, uh, also at, at the university, we did um, different, more programming language like Fortran. Okay. And, so on, and I think, okay, uh, I don't get what, 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 what so you, if you know C, uh, Turbo Pascal, and then you do uh, Fortran, I said, okay, uh, who, who is using this stuff? It was a little bit strange. Yeah. But of course, uh, you realize the problem is very good with the floating arithmetic and so on. But 
uh, in this uh, after one year uh, university was as a first internship and okay. this was quite cool because of i was the first time in touch with java so uh during this java was uh, quite new and this company said okay maybe it's cool if some of the students get some experience with java so we can just follow this just to get also an idea about java so and uh in this company i worked as a, a working student afterwards so the most time i was at work after, not yeah. at the university so uh, because of i just tried to i follow the money let me say okay and uh which company was it it was in Würzburg, it was a nobiscom it's um it was a small consulting company for the insurance industry nobiscom i heard about them as uh yes i i know because of, i worked uh, for a long time at this company and I think in the chat before we uh, talked about, I think seven or eight years ago, I asked you to do a training at this company in... Uh, ah, in okay. Okay, then it was Nobiscom. Okay, so yeah. uh, that's interesting. So I thought this was a different company, but Nobiscom, okay, cool. So you spend a lot of time at the company and you, uh, and, you and you learn Java. And which which software you wrote for the company there, you know? you know. In the, in the beginning, during the internship, was um, just because it was a test, it was a front-end for uh, CVS. Because it was always command line, mm -hmm. was a long time before subversion, and so just to have a test how it's how is it working as a threading model and so on. This was the idea from my boss, just to see how it's working, if it makes sense for this company to also to switch from the technology stack because it was all C and C plus uh, plus guys, uh, also to uh, get more familiar with Java at this time. And so this was a test. So I I, I wrote this uh, tool for the UI and was a small tool in the end and we collect a lot of experience okay so they were happy with the outcome yes i, I think yes i think we also used it uh, for a short time but then not too long because of then uh, for some reasons uh, with uh, the major customer there was some commercial subversion as uh, cvs tools out there where we forced to use so um, we don't use it too long but it, it was used in production so it was quite cool so in Java, you spend most of your time on the client side, so Swing? Um, in the beginning, Swing was not part of Java, so it was RVT. In the oh, so you, were, so you were really early. So <laughs> you started with AWT? So you started with JDK 1.1? Uh, yes, 1.1. I think at, um, and Swing was added at 1.1.3 or something else? 1.2, uh, I think. 1.2, I don't remember. because. So at the beginning, what at the beginning happened, Swing was optional. So you had to download Swing yeah. as, a, as a bundle and there were no the packages com sun swing. And they, they included to Java and renamed the packages, which caused some, you know, drama back then. So they renamed com sun swing to Java X swing. And this is what I did in the end of my internship because of I first started with the AWT and yeah, it looks ugly. <laughs> it was working, but it looks very ugly. And then I explored for me, okay, so there's additional library swing, and then I changed um, the UI to swing. Okay. But as an external dependency. Yeah, this is also what I did. So we, we were exactly at the same time in projects. Yeah. Okay, but this was, uh, it was an interim ship, so it was not a project where you have the customer pressure, let me say. Yeah, in my case, it was the same. So we evaluated the okay. swing for a larger project. And yeah, so what I just remember, if um, the swing was external library, it was not very stable. There were lots of bugs, also rendering bugs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. What's, what's, what's then? So, I mean, you, you, you uh, stick with Nobiscum and, and you create the CVS client. What was your 
What was your next project? Uh, okay, so as, as then after that, I, I, I started earning money for this company as a consultant uh, or during my study already. And I switched a bit uh, to a strange stuff. I worked for three or four years after the time as a Lotus Notes consultant. was mm -hmm. very popular in big companies uh, as collaboration tool. Mm -hmm. So uh, And they had this Lotus script language, which is quite similar to Visual Basic. Mm -hmm. And this was the first step. But then I think... After one and a half years, was quite cool because of them they changed a little bit. Uh, with Lotus Notes 5, the back end was able to write also Java again, mm -hmm. which I was quite happy. So I was able to, uh, to to code and a little bit more reasonable stuff. And so we did uh, very crazy things at this time. Uh, for example, because of the UI was so ugly, we decided to develop some ActiveX controls uh, and implement the Internet Explorer and write everything with HTML for the UI. Okay. For Microsoft specific HTML, because of this, if you uh, develop, I think it was Internet Explorer 5 or something else, if you develop a uh, specific HTML code, it was always it was possible to write very nice UIs already, already at this time. So, and this was embedded in Lotus Notes in the end. <laughs> because of this, was from a, from a strategical point uh, of view from our customer, it was fixed to use it. And then we did a lot of dirty hacks. Mm -hmm. But Lotus Notes looked actually good. So do I remember? Uh, the, yeah, it was, but it was a long time before. <laughs> ah, okay. No, it wasn't that long. So um, my encounter with Lotus was uh, 1997 when JDK 1.1.8 was out. And the reason I know that, because we tried to access Lotus Notes from Java and there were JDBC-like drivers, so we were able to do it. And the uh, user interfaces was like, you know, the tiles where you can push the tile. There yeah. was the database behind. And it was like, you know, yellowish, the, the color. And it looked actually, for me, really pleasant. So it's not, not like it was uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, 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 you are right. Because of this, also the fuse was quite cool. But if you go to the forms, there were some problems like the requirements was just to have a drop-down list of some of the entries as strike through. Ah, okay. And so on. Or you have, we had forms with more than 1,000 uh, attributes on tabs. Okay. And uh, Lotus Notes was not able to manage 1,000 attributes on one form. From the database, was okay, but we have 64 kilobyte problems uh, with the normal stuff. We had to save it in rich text fields and so on. Okay. have more memory. And so um, because for some specific reason, um, for, the, for the business requirements, we was not able to manage this with Lotus Notes from the UI because of the views and so on, we keep with, because it was quite cool, the stuff with the replication and so on. And, um, yeah. Yes. So, um, Lotus Notes became actually, uh, really popular because there was another database called, uh, what a second, CouchDB. CouchDB. Yeah. And the CouchDB was ba the, uh, main Lotus Notes developer, uh, I think, uh, opened, uh, took the idea and, and open sourced the ideas as uh, CouchDB. Okay, I, I didn't know this, uh, but because of, for me, when we talk about the last uh, five years, NoSQL database was more and more popular, and I was remember, remembered back to, uh, to the time of my Lotus Notes uh, consulting time, because of was already similar like a NoSQL data store. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. Document, the Lotus Notes stuff, the document. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so you were then a Notes consultant, and then back to yeah. Java with Notes 5. What you did then? Mm, after that, uh, was something because of... Uh, some of the strategic point of view, some of the people was not convinced about Lotus Notes to write really business applications for the insurance industry. So, but uh, from the front end, it was fixed. 
So we said, okay, in the midterm, I think we say we'll change the front end to another technology. We switch to a, a server-side programming language inside with dot procedures into the database for some mm -hmm. modules. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning was Transact SQL from Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And after that was a strategic decision. At this was a big insurance company uh, in Munich. And then they decided, okay, we have to switch to Oracle. And then I spent more than one year with PL SQL. Uh, which was also quite interesting to have this experience for uh, with PL SQL on the server side. Mm -hmm. And exactly. And after this time, I think I I completely switched to Java. Okay. So you were back in Java, I, I assume, JDK 1.3, 1.4 time base? Mm, yes, 1.3. I think with 1.3, I, I started uh, real projects with Outlook, not just to have uh, Java systems. Okay, so uh, and and then you spend a lot of your time, I think, on the server. Then, right, was server side programming. Yes, but also, of course, uh, depending on the client, uh, you also have to develop some UIs. But I was more interested at this time in the back end. Yes. Yeah. Which server uh, you used back then? At this time, was typically Tomcat. Okay. Yes. Tomcat. Um, uh, mm -hmm. But I don't remember the right version. I, I, I don't know. Okay. And uh, so you built the uh, the software with Tomcat and Spring Hibernate? And, and no, because it was uh, a little bit older before Spring sometimes. Uh, sometimes we use just JSP and servlets. Okay. And did some, or, um, yeah. Then as, probably as Struts, made, right? Then it... Yeah, Struts. Of course, as Struts was, um, I spent a lot of time with Struts in projects, but we have also some of the projects where we use just uh, JSP tech libraries, build mm -hmm. some tags. Mm -hmm. And did a lot of infrastructure at ourselves. Most of the time, makes of course a lot of fun, but it was not really good from an outcome from business value. But from a developer point of view, of course, was uh, quite cool to develop all this infrastructure stuff. Okay, so you spent uh, probably probably a lot of time, you know, fighting not having too much logic in the JSPs and keeping everything in the actions, right? Exactly. Yes. Cool. So and then, so I mean, uh, we were. We are properly around 2004 right now, right? Yeah, exactly. And then um, I had a, uh, one time, uh, one year with Perl. <laughs> oh, the other, other language. How you like it? So, how was the switch from Java to Perl? So, you like Perl, or what was the experience? Mm, it depends. I think I like Perl uh, if you use it for for some scripting on the Linux machine. That's mm -hmm. great for some text file parsing. What we did with Perl was. Um, completely stupid uh, in the end i also <laughs> uh, shared my opinion about this this answer uh, kicked me out of the project <laughs> oh, <laughs> after <that>. one year <laughs> so then you learned uh, something about something about politics right so how they uh, work exactly. mm -hmm. it was interesting because if i was as a consultant from as an employee of a company and i said okay we have to think about maintenance and this was uh, makes absolutely no sense but some of the people was uh, was fixed in the beginning and was they said, yes, we, now we start, maybe after we launch, we can rethink about refactoring and say, okay, then we go ahead uh, just to the launch, uh, to, to launch the system. Uh, because from a business point of view, I know very well what we are doing because I was familiar with the business logic and they knew, okay, we did this. And I said, okay, we have to refactor this. This is, will become a maintenance nightmare. But, I, but I, what I don't realize is that the other guys was a lot of freelancer and there was a different, um, uh, objectives. Yeah. <laughs> Their objectives was just to bring uh, some friends of them into the project and to, and <laughs> never get out. And I was saying, no, I, I'm not investing to work for the next 10 years in this project. I will do, uh, my idea is to do a good job and then we give it, uh, maybe to the maintenance uh, department 
Um, so, and so this was, as you said, was I learned a lot of political, uh, yeah. political behavior in projects. I, I never actually got this strategy, you know. There was uh, a lot of companies try to spend uh, as, as much time as possible in a single project because uh, the such a strategy actually never pays off. So, uh, of course, you could uh, in, in short term uh, uh, sell a lot of hours for a company, but is it actually enough you know, stuff to do uh, around the world? So if you spread you know, your, your uh, clients, so you lower the risk, you learn more, and uh, your clients even like you better. Because they have the feeling that you're not trying not just to, to uh, um, how to call it, to uh, drain them, you know, and um, and yeah. But this is what I also observe is like if they are a project, I try to put as much people as possible to a project. Yeah, but but from a from a financial point of view, as a funny thing, ten years later, I visited this company for a different consulting job because they had a lot of problems and they migrated a lot of stuff, and I know some of the guys from this time. But the freelancers, some of them were still there 10 years later with a very good daily rate. For them, was, I think it was a cash cow. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 you know, the, the, the question is, um, yeah, they were prop properly lucky. But the question is, you know, uh, are they still at the company? Have they learned something? And whether they are still in business, you know? Yeah. This is the interesting uh, part. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then, next steps. So you, uh, you spend the time with uh, Pearl. Well, and then I think, uh, yes, we, we did, uh, after that, uh, I started a lot of this Java systems, always insurance, always, I uh, was, this company was uh, for ins uh, insurance consulting, so always on insurance, different insurance companies, uh, in different countries, um, there was projects, but uh, often also with uh, UIs, so I also started this time to build up UIs with JavaScript. As, and sometimes also to uh, have the logic in JavaScript and this time we did open did this, yes. Hey, cool. So uh, this was probably the old JavaScript, probably it was for sure the old JavaScript with this and that and functions, right? And modules. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Ex exactly. jQuery. And, uh, jQuery was very cool when it came out <laughs> yeah. and we used it the first time, so it was uh, very cool, but I never got the problem because for me it sounds, uh, because As I mentioned before, I was already familiar in the early 2000 with Microsoft-specific uh, JavaScript code and HTML. So for me, JavaScript was always a good choice for building UIs. Why not? On the opposite side, because of I also tried to do some projects with JSF, with the JSF1, and this makes also no fun, JSF1. So for me, it was uh, HTML and JavaScript a good choice also for UIs. Yeah. And um, what I found uh, early is... Uh... In Java, I also had to parse XML, and at the beginning, you could use the built-in DOM API. And what I realized that the DOM API in Java is identical to the DOM API uh, in the server in the in the browser. And uh, so, it was for me, it was really easy to you know to move from XML backend to frontend because it was exactly the same API. Okay, yeah. You don't okay, remember I, this? I, is this document so org? W3C DOM is still in Java out there, so you can still yes, use it. Of course, we, we also used it. We also used it, but um, uh, we also used it. But I think I, sometimes if we have to pass some uh, HTML files, and because of just to get some information from uh, from other websites where we have no uh, backend access, so for this we used it. But um, on the front end stuff, normally we just uses uh, jQuery stuff to 
navigate through the DOM and with the CSS selector already at this time. No, um, what I meant is uh, we had to parse uh, different XML files in the backend because of backend communication. So I was already familiar with the DOM concept because ah, okay. the, because the X, Java XML parser, you know you, how you set yeah. the attributes and and uh, there is a, a, a different node types and you had you got exactly the same experience in the browser. Yeah. So this was for me. So I realized, uh, wait a second. So we have two implementation of the DOM. One is C and the other one is Java. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I got it. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So. Uh, this is actually amazing what you already did. So you Java, Perl, then JavaScript, and then back to Java again. Yeah, and then I, uh, then I, I, I also keep at Java. <laughs> was uh, then I was different projects, different technologies. But I think um, I think two thousand six, two thousand seven around. Uh, also from the technology stack, we uh, moved a bit more to uh, JBoss at this time. I think JBoss five was out there in two thousand six. Uh, JE5, sorry, Java EE5. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, for, for for me, it was a, a bit a game changer because of, before I also tested a little bit Spring, but I was not really happy with Spring with the XML stuff. I said, okay, so I don't know. This, so it was not so nice. And so with um, Java EE5, I, I was very fascinated. I said, that's cool. We should go ahead with this technology for new projects. And this is what we did. Okay, this is actually amazing. So you are the first who found, you know, Java E5 uh, amazing. So I also like that. And uh, so you started right away with Java E5. You never saw J2E14 and, and you like the the experience. That's interesting. And yes, uh, I, know, I know the EGP 2.1 and so on. Okay. But uh, I have to implement it um, because of sometimes when we have a maintenance from, was not written out from our, my company, but we have to add some functionalities to existing code. So mm-hmm. we were forced to use it. And so we realized, okay, we have to write a little bit, some X doclets and so on. I said, okay, this isn't, this makes some fun. Writing X doclets, you have compile times very long. We have, was a very, uh, um, we had a lot of problems with this stuff. So uh, typically the IBM guys was before and <laughs> installed the full stack for WebSphere. And with EGP uh, 2.1 and send it was, we have to use all the tools Everything was very slow, so um, it was not a good experience at this time before. Okay. And then I said, okay, now it, now it looks very cool with this annotation. That's good. So which, what system you built, your first system with Java 5, what was it? So um, This was an internal product we built as a company. Mm-hmm. It was um, uh, a freelancer portal. It was a skill wheel uh, just where you can add your skills and uh, freelancer and projects matched um, together. This was the first project uh, as internal where we have no external um, IT governance where we have to follow. Mm-hmm. So it was just our choice what we have did. And this was, was a small project we did as a company. After, after we also was a consulting company and we sometimes used this freelancer uh, to scale. Uh, this was the first experience. Okay. okay. And uh, in one point we met. Was it uh, around this time or later? Uh, I think it was... No, I think it was... 2011 or something else a little bit was later so it was way later okay yeah so it was 2006 i think when we uh, 2007 when we built the systems and we was in some project but uh some of our some of um, my colleagues worked still in c project and then it's it's also i make a little bit more career in this company (laughs) and then i was a head of technology and i was also responsible to define the technology stack because Mm -hmm. of 
we hire people with which technology sh should we go because it's impossible to be expert in all technologies mm -hmm. so um and for the java's uh ecosystem we have to think okay should we go with spring and become spring experts or may jee and for this i i i also had the budget uh, which conferences should we uh, attend or visit um which trainings do we book and this was the time when i said okay it makes absolutely sense maybe if we uh, ask adam bean if he can do an in-house in training just to uh, share this knowledge about all the codecs. Oh, I didn't knew the background. So this was interesting. So I remember yeah. it was uh, sh shortly before Christmas. So this is what I remember. It did, uh, we were, we met somewhere and there yeah. was a workshop where we also hacked together. So you ask questions and we hacked together something. Exactly. And, and, and yeah, and, and, and so we never met actually afterwards. So for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I met you somewhere on Twitter. You, you tweeted something uh, and I said, okay, I know you from somewhere. And uh, I said, okay, um, this is from back then. So it could be interesting conversations or just the background. And uh, what was the yeah. decision afterwards? Was it uh, Spring or Java E? No, it was Java E. Uh, but in the end, of course, as a consulting company, we are also uh, customer driven. But yeah. uh, in our case, we had often the choice because of we did not uh, just sell some developers. We typically, we do projects where we uh, where we try to where we try to solve a business problem, and we had the choice. Of course, we had to be compliant with um, uh, our customers. And for example, it was fixed to use an Oracle database and to use uh, to let the system run on a, a web sphere or maybe on a Tomcat or on a Wildfly. And then, if we have the choice, we say, okay, we would like to go with this time JBoss. Um, this was so if if we have the choice to control this process, we go with uh, JE. Okay. Was it a good decision? So people like it, developers and you? So what was the, the, the feedback? Mm, yeah, yes, I would say as I liked it, but my experience is also uh, you have to sell a story also to developers. If you sell a good story, they like it. <laughs> so okay. it, it depends a little bit. So um, because of uh, what I realized, not every, not every developer is curious about new technologies. Mm -hmm. Some developers are just happy with, if they understand one of the ideas and concepts, they are fine. And from my point of view, like in all technologies, you, we had a lot of bugs in the beginning, uh, also from the infrastructure. Some is, some is, if you think about JSF, there was a lot of problems and bugs. You could have a lot of problems with memory leaks, but you have the same in other technologies. Mm -hmm. So uh, with, uh, with other frameworks. So, and in this case, um, I think we, uh, I was able to sell it in a good manner, said it's a good idea to go ahead with this stack. And also, um, yes, also, I, I think, changed also a little bit on conferences when you visit um was also a lot of je talks because of the oracle guys supported this stuff a lot um so i i believe the people feel uh, very comfortable with this uh, decision yeah cool that's uh interesting i didn't knew the outcome so i just uh, i forgot actually why i was there i assumed there were some refactorings going on and helped you a bit but this was like you know a workshop about uh, java stuff Okay, cool. So you stick with yeah. Java 6 then probably and Java 7. And uh, yeah, yes. were there any really interesting project afterwards or just, you know, typical? Uh, uh, yes, uh, maybe an interesting experience. Then um, I, after you visit uh, the company, I think I changed, uh, was 2013, mm -hmm. I changed the company because of, I, I stayed for 15 years at this company. And then for me it was uh, just to have a new challenge. So I switched to an Italian company. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the mission was to uh, to uh, build up the um, business in the German-speaking area. 
with uh, another guy, with uh, my general manager from uh, this time at, this former, at my former company. We changed uh, to a new company. And this was more, let me say, uh, a business job. Um, so from a technical point of view, uh, my mission was just to adapt the system that it's working on the, because of this, this company was not a consulting company, they have a product. Mm-hmm. And my mission was just to adapt this product that is working on the, in Germany, from a re- regulatory point of view, uh, was also an insurance system. And this system was, from a technical point of view, not the best, let me say, was, had its root uh, in the early 2000s. It was developed by some C developers. Uh, they just use the Java API, but I believe they don't understand the concept of hash map, for an example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because everything was structured like a stru- uh, like a struct in C. Mm-hmm. And and so what what was uh, the interesting point? Everybody knows this in the company because there was no stupid guys. But you have the problem to change it mm-hmm. because of uh, if you ha- if you design a product and. Uh, in our business for the insurance industry, it's very important to have the possibility for customizing the systems. And mm-hmm. if you set up a system as a customizing is based on Java extension, you have big problems if you would like to refactor anything in your core. Mm-hmm. And this was a problem. And uh, so one of my job was also to uh, architecture uh, from, a, from an architecture point of view to find some solution how we can migrate the system to a modern architecture. Mm-hmm. And in this company, I learned a lot about more about um, politics. Okay. <laughs> uh, how this is working. And yes, and I worked for this company five years. Uh, we were also successful in Germany to sell the system, to implement. But from a technical point of view, it was um, there was proprietary frameworks even for persisting data. And so I learned a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff about how to maintain system, how to develop products, right? But... Um, there was no funny things about JE, let me say. This was something I developed afterwards in my spare time. <laughs> Just okay. because I loved coding. Because at this time, I was all, let me say, sometimes it was a little bit more PowerPoint said coding at work time, at working time. And you enjoyed the PowerPoint time? Um, and because of uh, after I was working in the night in my spare time, was okay because of, I think I collect a lot of experience because with if you design a system, what you have to consider, what is important also to write, if you would like to write an international system. So from a business point of view, it was very interesting. Um, but in the end, I love coding. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a point. So, and then what happens afterwards? Uh, afterwards um, was also interesting because of, it was a private equity com- uh, managed company. So I had also some shares. And, okay. uh, and after this uh, private equity company changed, this happens normally every five to seven years. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, I, I'm out. I take some money and I found my own company. And also with a guy, uh, my co-founder, Pierre, he also was with me at, uh, was, uh, with me at Nubiscom and also with at, at this uh, former company. So we worked together for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then we said, okay, we found a new company, Take 11, and this happened last year. Oh. And in the beginning of last year, we found this company, Take 11, uh, where we built our own product with Java E8, Jakarta E8, and now uh, I'm responsible for the IT governance. And of course, now we can do uh, things which makes fun. <laughs> okay, cool. So you, you have a startup. Is it a yes. startup? So you decided yeah. to use uh, Java 8 and no one forced you. So this was <laughs> your, uh, <laughs> your choice. And uh, you still like the decision? Yes, I think it's a perfect decision. 
Okay. And which server are you, which server do you have for the backend? Uh, so this is something at the moment we are running on Wildfly. Mm -hmm. uh, because for authentication you use Keycloak. Mm -hmm. And uh, for Wildflow, you have a very good Keycloak integration. Uh, you have a submodule from Wildfly, mm -hmm. uh, from Keycloak. So at the moment, you use a Wildfly. But uh, sometimes we think about if we should change um, maybe to IBM Liberty. Mm -hmm. um, because because of, uh, Wildfly is very slow in implementing the um, uh, micro-profile APIs. Yes. At, at the moment, they are still on 1.3. Mm -hmm. And... There's also no roadmap where you can find if they implement, uh, when, they, when they have in mind to implement uh, new stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the moment, we are more or less happy with Wildfly. It's just working. We can focus on business logic. And mm -hmm. this, is what, uh, this is our idea. We, we, don't, we are not interested in, in doing infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. This is also my opinion. And uh, the, uh, what you can do with Wildfly, there is a project called smallry.io. And you can pick the microprofile stuff and put to your war and it will work on Whitefly. So you get your microprofile stuff. The problem is the war is a little bit bigger because this is the microprofile stuff. And a very similar to Whitefly is Quarkus. You have to look at this. This is a Red Hat project, and it comes out of the box with uh, with uh, microprofile. So this could be also interesting. But yeah, Whitefly yeah. is really slow. I don't get why. So it is like, for me, it is like, I, I mean, it is completely strange because Red Hat has all the you know, microprofile implementation, and they for unknown reasons, don't ship it with Whitefly, and, and they, they hurt actually their own customers with that, so I have no idea why. Yeah. Uh, because of the ship, yeah, and now in a quarterly manner, so every three months a new version of Wildfly is out. Um, so I'm also, but I think it's a microprofile is part of the Thorntail uh, uh, stuff. So... So my Thorntail uh, is going to be uh, end of life, so uh, okay. yeah, and the and the you know, the uh, alternative is uh, Quarkus, is called. So. Yeah, I know, Quarkus, we already have in our backlog. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope in the next, uh, our sprint ends in two weeks, and we have, we, we, uh, we would like to um, change one or two of our microservices to collect the first experience with Quarkus. Mm -hmm. um, yes, of course, because of, I, I believe it's, um, it has a real added value because of even if, uh, at the moment we talk about 15 to 20 services we have. Mm -hmm. And if you go to a cloud provider, uh, memory counts a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Startup. So, uh, and if you have this Quark with a smaller footprint, uh, I think then it's fine. And the first thing we try to do is with some, uh, just to change the packaging and to uh, collect our first experience with yeah. two microservices. And the uh, Quarkus, it, it saves massively the uh, the memory. So it's the first time I see, okay, now we have you know, a, a, a real difference. Back then, whether you use you know, Thorntail, or Swarm or Pyra Micro, it was sim similar, you know. Uh, for, for me, it, um, I just downloaded uh, Hello World examples and, and did a first test. Uh, it, it feels like Node.js. So on a server side, so it's a startup time, it's, it's, it's there. So you have not yeah. no uh, five seconds. Uh, it's up, so it was, there was no difference to uh, Node.js where many people say exactly for this, if you're running in, um, in um, microservice architecture, or the startup time counts a little bit for the health checks and so on. And, but now I think there's no difference uh, if you say Node.js or you develop with JE and uh, build with Quarkus. So yeah. it feels very similar. Yeah, and uh, it's even smaller than Node.js. If you, if you compile it to native, it, it consumes less memory than Node, which also okay, is interesting. Of, uh, uh, do, do you have it in production anywhere? Uh, I will probably do have it in production soon. 
Lots of my clients ask me to have uh, proof of concepts and uh, we uh, tra transferred some project from playing Java E8 to Quarkus. So it took a few hours and it worked surprisingly. And um, and so not in production yet. It's too early, of course, okay. but it's considered everywhere. So, um, yeah, so I will probably have something production this year. Mm -hmm. Because of, I followed, I think, on Twitter something. I saw there was in the beginning some problems for the keyclock integration and so on. And, and regarding the keyclock integration, what we usually do, we don't integrate keyclock. We use microprofile JWT, and the uh, and the keyclock is just used, you know, to to implement the flow and to provide us the token. So we don't use the keyclock adapters or quick quick keyclock filters. This is exactly the same approach we discussed. Uh, I think two weeks ago with our teams, if we uh, change this also to the micro profile GWT, um, because at the moment we had this, as I mentioned, the Wildfly submodule, mm -hmm. um, as a keyclock submodule inside Wildfly for keyclock. And I said, okay, if you would like to be more flexible to change also to open liberty, um, I think, okay, you can package a six or seven megabyte, uh, keyclock, uh, char file to your warp file, but That's not our idea. So um, we discussed about uh, how we can change this because uh, just to get rid of this dependency. Yeah. And open, open liberty, by the way, is also great. So it would be also a nice choice. So uh, we talk a lot about the infrastructure. Uh, the question is, what do you are building, actually? What is your product? So what you are going to sell? <laughs> so, so and yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, as I said, I'm the tech guy. Uh, my co-founder, Pierre, is a sales guy. Um But of course, uh, I'm also doing the pre-sales stuff. At the moment, we are building an insurance platform for um, a core insurance system, which uh, means uh, the heart of an IT of an insurance company. Wow! Uh, it means uh, so. And who is supposed to use it, or what? What is the idea behind? So it's like if I would start my own insurance, I could use your your stuff as a service, or yeah, you can use it as a service. But at the moment, in Germany, most of the company. They, they would like to have a cloud-ready system, but they uh, would uh, host it on-prem at the moment. Mm -hmm. But they say maybe in a few years, we would move the system to the cloud. Uh, for example, we have at the moment one of our customers, uh, we, we, uh, we replace a system which is from the 70s. So okay. it's a COBOL system, and the developer <laughs> would like to go to pension. So uh, that's, a, that's a reason they have a need. And there's a lot of small insurance companies out there which have exactly the same uh, problems. They have legacy systems written in COBOL. They have to migrate because of uh, there's no developer who can maintain the system. And uh, we provide them a solution. Of course, there are other providers out there, not too much, uh, fortunately, but uh, typically they are very expensive. Mm -hmm. And we try to solve this because of, uh, we're a startup, we have the right technology, we are able to produce faster and in the end also cheaper. So this means we can offer more cheap licenses. Okay. But this is actually incredible. And uh, which uh, and which clouds are you running right now? Uh, at the moment, no. But I know if, uh, uh, we, one of our customers has, um, he managed the, the hosting itself, but it, run, it, run on, it runs on Azure. Mm -hmm. And the other one uh, uses it on prem, on prem. Because just to be clear, it's not a mass market what we're doing. If you sell one time a year a license, you're more than happy. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, the license volume is very big. Do you know all the big insurance companies? Um, they normally say change this kind of system every 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and 
So we have also an international approach, not only working in Germany, we, we have sales opportunity across Europe and a little bit in Africa. Hey, crazy. So this is an absolute success story. And how many developers do you have right now? Uh, as I said, oh, funny story. At the moment, it's a big problem to find developers in Germany. I think it's one of the biggest challenge. <laughs> uh, at the moment, we are a team of uh, nine people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, fortunately, on the 1st of August, uh, new three people are starting. Mm-hmm. And one thing is very funny because of at the moment, um, as a small company with, uh, with a big passion for technology, you cannot hire just everybody who say, okay, I love Spring and then I have to convince them all the day. We would like to have good educated developers like everybody. Uh, in the best case, with a similar mindset uh, we had at the moment, uh, our existing team have. Mm-hmm. And for this, um, I get a lot of applications across the world. But I believe sometimes it's very difficult to work only remote because we would also to establish a company culture and so on as a startup. Mm-hmm. But there was a, a few candidates was where I say, okay, I have to follow them. That's too cool. What says because of say was very fixed them say they give me feedback on an Instagram post from me on Instagram. I I, I tried every channel and I get an answer and so I, I get in touch with him from a guy with a guy in Ghana in Accra. Mm-hmm. And after I had a chat with him and then I realized he also have a video tutorial. <laughs> and then I, I asked him, do you know Adam Bean? And he said, yes, yes, it's great. You follow your show. And because I said, could it be that you are the African Adam Bean? Because of he has a similar show like you uh, in <laughs> Africa. <laughs> and was, was very was very happy. And uh, he just released a book about CDI and uh, Jakarta AI. In Ghana? Was, yeah, in Ghana. Uh, in interesting. Africa. And he was, uh, he said, okay, what you're doing is exactly from a technological point of view, what I would like to work. And we said, okay, so that's a very good uh, starting point. And uh, now let's start. Uh, and the more funny thing is, uh, more, I guess, exactly the same with a candidate from, com- and this guy starts uh, next week, on the 1st of August. Uh, in in, in your start- company from Ghana? Yeah. Exactly, from Ghana. Then uh, greetings to him. So, yeah, and uh, we already talked about you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a more funny thing is a guy in Cameroon. He uh, will start in the first of December. Um, he also uh, he did the, I mean, uh, had chat, and he was very uh, was very interesting to have this chat because of in Cameroon, uh, software development industry is very new. And I asked him, why do you like Jakarta EE? And uh, what do your colleagues on the university? And they said most of them use Python. Mm-hmm. Learn Python for machine learning. It's very popular and so on. But he don't like it too much. And he said, okay, he prefers the other. And said, well, good. Uh, <laughs> right answer. And then we always do a test for challenging the guys. We give them a test just to see. And he had the complete AHEX effect. And <laughs> after I saw it, it was a complete AHEX. Uh, uh, the Mumafon archetype he used. And okay, this for our back end, this is exactly the approach, a thin worth and so on, we also do. Uh, and so it was very funny. And then I said, okay, uh, no, he said, yes, you follow your show. And uh, this is uh, where he knows the most about um, JE and Jakarta E because of the, he's still at the university and he, uh, he completed and then he started on the 1st of December uh, at Tech 11. So it's very funny to find people with this technology stack. Normally the people knows you. And then it's very easy because as Tech 11, you can say, our architecture in the backend is influenced from uh, you, from your show, and so on. And if somebody knows your show, you can, uh, I would say, he's very, it's, we can very fast enable him. 
Uh, do you do do, do you need uh, additional developers? Because I can mention this on 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 my show and point to your company. Let's see what happens. Yeah, of of, of course, of course. Uh, we are looking forward. Uh, we are searching for developers, of course. Yeah. Um, so, great if you can do <laughs> so this is actually what was absolutely not aware. So what I didn't knew that you are watching my show. What I also didn't knew that you use you know the boundary control stuff or or whatever we talk yeah. in AirHacks. And the whole AirHacks thing is even funnier because how it started. Similar to you, I think it was around your time, I got a lot of requests from different companies, you know, help us establish architecture with Java E and, uh, and, and for me, the world is like, you know, two parts. So like the funky part where you just like, you know, play with things and the people who would like to have, uh, to, 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 uh, to make uh, things done. And, and they usually tend, you know, to use, uh, something like Java e in my world or MicroProfile right now. And uh, so I'm I'm on the you know more boring part, and uh, but the problem is I got so many requests I couldn't manage them. I said okay, what what we can do? I will focus on more specialized requests, and then you know the more general uh, topics we can ha handle at the airport. But because I always flew from Munich, and I saw you know at Munich like Municon conference center, it's like I'm, why I'm not doing this here because the people could you know come to me. And I started this, you know, just uh, because I'm alone, n just not to, to say no to my clients too often. So, okay, then I can say I have no time, but if you like, come to me at Munich. And this is how it started. So there were the workshops at Munich Airport. And uh, by the way, the very first time, you know, I assumed everyone will come from Germany, but the, the, the first one was already multi uh, international. And the AirHacks TV, what you mentioned, the show was similar. So I got so many requests via email. It's like I, I'm... I actually, I cannot, you know, answer technical questions every day. Uh, what I will have to do is, is to, to, to gather them and answer them at once because it's faster. And how to do it? And then I came the idea with the YouTube show. I don't know, it was uh, five years ago or something. And this was the same. I assume, you know, for my projects, people ask me something and I will answer. And what you are saying right now, this is a, a, a way bigger than I actually assumed. And uh, what's also interesting, in all my shows, I, I mainly talk about the boring stuff. It's not like, you know, the funky new reactive stuff. It's more like, you know, what you can do, what is the simplest possible thing, what you can possibly do. And what's interesting, this is uh, interesting enough, you know, to, to, to make students in Cameroon exciting. So this is, and, and they help you, which is incredible, actually. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is um, quite cool because if it's a moment, um, it's also from the technological point of view, of course, um, as a founder of the company, I have also to take care about, let me say, a little bit IT governance. We have different services, and I cannot say everybody can do whatever you want because of then we have Spring, .NET, Go, and everything, and nobody's able to maintain this stuff. So at the moment, it's very easy. We can just say use Java EE8 or Jakarta EE. Okay, if you need any additional uh, dependency, just discuss it before. Yeah, full stop. Uh, and it's, it makes very easy for me, uh, my management life, let me say, uh, instead of uh, spending time in writing rules and guidelines uh, the, the developer have to follow, I can just say, no, um, please go with the JEE stuff. We have some example, and if there are some, for some specific reason, if it's necessary, for example, creating PDF documents or something else, makes sense to use external libraries, of course. Uh, but for the normal stuff, uh, we are quite happy with this uh, stack, and Yes. Uh, so, how big are your thin walls? It depends a little bit, uh, but typically a few hundred kilobytes. 
Yeah, this is also my experience because uh, some sometimes I get the questions impossible. <laughs> we never saw something like this. Uh, sorry, but the my project is always like this. It's a few hundred kilobytes. Of course, if you have uh, you know third party libraries, is more. Also, interesting story. Now for you, I, uh, there was a podcast um, with uh, about the JCon conference. This is in Düsseldorf, and I was invited for uh, for a, a keynote. And um, usually, a keynote you you know you have to prepare slides and think about strategy and say, okay, I have no time. I would just hack the old all the time. So what I did, I hacked. I think a uh, something with Whitefly. I don't remember what. And someone asked me about clouds and what I knew I have OpenShift running and uh, behind because uh, I had did some hacking in the airplane. So, so okay, I can tr- try, you know, to show you this. So um, so I pushed the, all the existing applications to uh, to OpenShift. I scaled that and scaled it down. And uh, then after the keynote, there were attendees. So young students came to me with a, you know, with a, it was a, a piece of paper and asked me, what was it? And I say, oh, Java, what is it? Uh, is it like notes? Like no, it's, I mean it's old stuff. If you search for Whitefly Java, it is like, and they wrote down where to find it. <laughs> say, okay, Whitefly.org, and why was it so fast? It was, I mean, this is normal. This is not fast. This is like it is. So, and and for me, it is funny to observe right now. There is a, like a no new uh, wave of developers who never saw the old J2E14 before, and they only see the new stuff. And they are absolutely open-minded, you know. Uh, they they actually ask me why the thing is so thin and so so fast, and uh, and it's complete different experience than I would say ten years ago, where everyone assumed that you have to use Xdoclet, you know, to 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 write a CRUD application. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right because I I did similar experience because of, uh, in parallel a few days a year I have a job as a lecturer at the university. I teach uh, Java EE cool. to students. In Würzburg? And, yeah, in Würzburg, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a small course, about 15 people. And uh, so it's, uh, some of the guys uh, who uh, attend this course, of course, they are possible uh, fascinated from programming, but they came often from completely strange approaches. Let me say, I, I don't know, sometimes they have to say, okay, we, as the first step, we have to learn how to Google. <laughs> because of sometimes they come with uh, examples. Okay, have a look to the date. It was 2005, but you just uh, refined out. And of course, it was very complicated. And then if you have a look to uh, Node.js, it uh, looks, of course, more nice comparing to uh, code snippets you find from the year 2005. Um, that's one of the problems. I believe sometimes that the people didn't find the right uh, site in the internet for uh, having the right approach. Yeah. And the funny story is sometimes I know it's like, okay, Java E for me is a little bit boring already. I would try and know just for fun something else. And whatever I found what was new, the amount of code you had to write uh, was was more than a small JAX-RS service. I was like, if I will post it on my blog or do something with it, you know, I can even exp- explain why I'm doing this because there was some bootstrap code, you know, some fiddling. And with JAX-RS, there's two annotations on a method and you're ready to go. So it's like, there, it cannot be any leaner, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, the, absolutely. Yeah. And so you have said you had uh, eight developers, one from Ghana, so AirHacker, and the other one from Cameroon, also uh, AirHacker. Cameroon, he will start first, uh, uh, it's Adam, he will first start in uh, December. He just have to complete his university study. <laughs> hey, very good. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and the others developers? Are uh, the other developers are in Würzburg. So some of them are former colleagues of me, of course, the personal network, mm-hmm. who have the same mindset. 
and some of them are new and yeah and the mindset i mean uh our mindset is very similar so uh my mindset is you know uh just uh it's actually what, what you mentioned and what i usually say is actually agile what it basically means you know just implement whatever you can today and 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 care about the problems tomorrow if you or or defer any any unnecessary decisions to tomorrow or care about potential problems tomorrow right and uh so right now if you know do download quarkus uh, um, open liberty or whitefly or whatever uh you can start with uh, no nothing so for me what is interesting is you no know, the time to first commit has to be low if it is low the project gets automatically accepted everywhere because developer can immediately start there is no preparation and um and uh start start right now and don't care about the dependencies but what i what i see is there are other developers who don't like this approach because it is actually boring you have to focus on the business logic and you cannot fiddle with you no know, nice frameworks and libraries and programming languages because uh, there is no room for it right so your developers are like you know the getting things done developers all of them they enjoy it yes i would say yes um but i think it's a little bit different because of what you describe typically is a uh, projects but we are building a product yeah yeah right and mm -hmm. we have a custom solution on top and for products in our business uh, we have to think about that we have to maintain this stuff for the next 20 years yeah and this is what why i like the microservice approach that we have just the api as an interface that we can say okay we are able to refactor behind the scenes everything we would like and if we uh, think in five or ten years we go with .NET because if microsoft make everything right at the moment we are able to do this so uh, this is something where, also from a sales point of view, we can say we are we have latest technology. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, this is every company uh, tell uh, tells that they have the latest technology at a certain time. Yeah. And what, but what happens five years later? So and how how I sell it uh, is not we not only have you know the uh, the right technology, but we are um, only you know we have just minimal dependency on the technology because if you see what you are doing with Java. We have you know, a view business classes and a view annotations. So there is no, you know, uh, a huge dependency on the on the Java stuff, right? Yeah, but uh, in our case, uh, if we sell something, we don't sell technology. No, of course. <laughs> we sell, we sell, we sell uh, business values, and the guys on the other side of the table are business people. They understand, for example, in our business, some of the big vendors they make projects about they sell a license, a product, and to customize. Is around 50 million euro the customizing of an mm -hmm. existing product mm -hmm. and the migration of the old system is another 50 million uh, euro. Mm -hmm. So this means this is this figures have the people in mind and big companies like SAP, for an example, uh, which are not uh, so focused on this insurance market, but they have some clients in this business also. Uh, they pay just for a technical update. The customer have to pay around 8 million mm -hmm. uh, because of you have to test everything and so on. And there's no added business value. And, this is the figures that people have in mind and we have to convince them what is our strategy to keep this update uh, maintainability costs small. Yeah. This is something that we have to, but say if we have not to talk about war files and dependencies, this is how we solve this problem, but the people are normally not interested in details. Sometimes we get some technical reviews, um, but typically from enterprise architects, who also don't understand this problem. <laughs> PowerPoint architects yeah. who are not able to understand dependency management in detail. So for this, you have to, again, you have to draw some nice pictures. They understand the concept and the decoupling of the uh, system of our microservices. 
and so on. But what I meant is, um, if you just focus on the business and you only know uh, marginally dependent on the on the infrastructure, then if something happens, you can you can move faster the technologies and you can lower the risk. This is uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. So, uh, what uh, what I also assuming uh, you also don't get polyglot programming, right? So you're not propagating that every developer implements uh, the microservice in different languages, different stack, right? Exactly. What we what we're doing in the back end is uh, Java EE, mm -hmm. uh, and in the front end we use ES6 and Web Component. Oh, also this. <laughs> also, I assume you do some you use Angular or whatever. So you just um, use web standards and uh, ES6. Uh, I started with the first prototypes when I had the vision of this company uh, some years ago with Angular, and I liked it very much. And I was fascinated about the two-way value binding, and it was great. But then after Angular 2, I said, okay, so uh, we cannot go ahead. <laughs> it <just> changed <laughs> from Angular 1 to Angular 2 in this manner. That's a disaster. And then uh, yeah, I had a little bit luck with the timing because of, uh, I think, the, the last 24 months, what happens on the browser is incredible. Yes. So... Um, For Chrome and Firefox, I think one and a half year ago, also Firefox had uh, many legs if you just use the um, ES6 stuff. But now I think um, we're writing our front ends with web components and ES6 and it works quite good. And if we have some technical guys on the table in workshops, for example, a guy like from Cocentric, you know, Uwe Friedrichsen, these are the guys who challenges us. Uh -huh. uh, he asked them, okay, could you just, just for him personal interest, are we slower? comparing to React, if you use React. I say, I don't believe that we are slower because the most time we spend is just to think about, in the front, about user experience, how to implement business logic, but the coding itself is normally not the issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, by the way, the web components, if you do them right, they look exactly like React. Yes, as I say, the web component is... Uh, even co more complicated to find developer who say, okay, we make ES6 and uh, web components. Uh, web components because of young developer normally say, okay, we would like to do React only. Okay, that's uh, interesting. And uh, but then I have to convince them that if you are able to develop React, uh, have a look to the standards. In the inside, it looks quite similar. Uh, but you are also using lit HTML, right? Yeah, of, of, uh, but uh, in the beginning we um, started a little bit without. But then if we talk about um, cross site scripting and so on. Then we say, okay, we use lit.html. Yeah, and the lit.html has huge benefit. Is first the syntax, then you get to know the uh, listener bindings, and um, and and the performance improvements because uh, it's just you know it is like a differential rendering, so it only renders what changed, right? Yes, uh, but before we uh, now now we use lit.html. Before we had uh, we used hyper HTML, hyper, 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 hyper HTML, HTML uh, exactly. Uh, but there was some I also. Or in GitHub, I had some issues and I, I mentioned some bugs because of this we had some problems, how we used it. Um, but at the moment, it's fine. We also make some sorts if you would like to, if you should use a lit element. But at the moment, I said, no, we have no real need exactly. for using lit element. Exactly. I never used a lit, HTML, a lit element. I always just use the library, the render and HTML functions. But the problem is, uh, from a documentation, if you have a look to websites like Open... Um, WC? Uh, WC. As everything is uh, done with lit element, and if you find some developer who just follow some tutorials, it's the most time it's also using lit element, which is then you have to explain a little bit more if you just use uh, lit HTML and say okay, the so rest this has no added value, uh, but with lit 
element, you have some uh, points for the value binding out of the box. I had an interesting experience. So usually I only you know have to do something with uh, Java developers, but uh, in this project as well, so I coached uh, to help the company to build the backend, microservice backend with Java E and MicroProfile. And then they asked me what to do in the front end. Like I would say web standards, just go without frameworks. They were, had also lots of trouble with uh, Angular. And um, and then I had to work with developers had no experience with uh, with Angular. Actually, they were jQuery developers, just jQuery and and web. So like you know, uh, the uh, hardcore web developers. Yeah. And then I showed them you know uh, web components, and they were a little bit skeptical. And then uh, lit HTML even more skeptical. And then I never heard uh, about them for six weeks. And I spent a lot of time with the company with the backends, but they never appeared. And uh, recently. Uh, I had a chat and they, they told me, this is great. This was the best possible choice, you know. Uh, we need more. Can we have a meeting? It's like, yeah, of course. And and then uh, I was like, and you really like it? It's like, yes, this was really nice. There is no NPM, no builds, nothing. And uh, yeah, and uh, the cool story is they don't even need, you know, uh, Internet Explorer 11 to support because it's almost not existing anymore. And uh, now uh, we, we, we just, you know, we have no NPM. So you can just develop with browser sync and you are set. Okay, and uh, but uh, do you package the applications or do they package the application in the end to uh, have one file or do you just ship it as yeah, the E6 module? I, I ship it as the uh, as they are because if you really would like to optimize, you should use HTTP2, then it's faster. Mm -hmm. And you know, pushing everything in one file can be a little bit slower because uh, of mobile devices. They have you know to parse everything at once. And uh, you could, of course, split them if you have router, but I don't think it is worth the effort now. I think the, the thing we are thinking about, because of, at the moment we use Parcel to package everything, mm -hmm. but I'm also not really happy about this. I think about if we go ahead without any transpiling and just use it, um, but yeah. then we have maybe a caching problem, so we have to solve this, because of, uh, at the moment we have always an app.js with a timestamp or something else behind, so we have to think about... Um, uh, that uh, all the JavaScript files are not cached. So yeah, something we have but you can do this on the solution. on the Jenkins pipeline. You know, you can do it once, whatever yeah. you like, and you don't have to do it all the time. This is the cool story in my world. Yeah. So we don't have any npm on our machines. And if you like, you can run your npm on uh, on the Jenkins. And we don't use Parcel. I use Rollup JS. And this is like yeah. the inverse Parcel. Parcel comes with everything inside, and Rollup is nothing because you almost don't you don't need anything. You know, you just need to you know if you like to. To bundle the files, we are, we use Rollup.js. Roll so this is actually amazing. So you do similar stuff in the front end as well. And uh, if you like, if you need developers, I have actually a video course about web components and PWAs. So you can send him this. I don't use the lit HTML in the course. Okay. That's, that's, that's very good. So uh, because this is something where you have to explain people uh, how to go ahead. Because if, if they follow a tutorial, typically a lit element is part of it. And, but at the moment, I say just go to MDN. The Monofilter Developer Network. This is what we are doing. Um, and for rendering, we just use lit uh, HTML. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the, the last thing which interests me, what are the names of your microservices you have? So just roughly. So the uh, the wars. What, what's, what uh, are? Okay, okay, because of uh, this is something from an architecture point of view, it's not a, a clean microservice architecture. Let me say it's more a SOA architecture based on microservice technology. Okay. Uh, otherwise, it's because of the dependencies. Okay. We have a BPM and work uh, BPM engine, the Camunda BPM. Okay. Which orchestrates the services because of this is our entry point for customization. Mm -hmm. Because of uh, insurance coming typically um, differs in insurance products. 
where we can configure and the processes. And the mm -hmm. processes are managed via BPM and this is what also insurance company knows how this is working. Mm -hmm. And then we call the different services because of if we have in our microservices um, direct calls to other services, then um, it's very difficult to exchange single services because of uh, if you go to a big insurance company, which is not a greenfield company, normally you have to use some existing modules, mm -hmm. document generating or something else. Mm -hmm. And therefore we have this. And so we have a microservice for tariff, premium calculation, policy, claims. So it's not so small, let me say. It's uh, the, service, the service cut is done by thinking about from a business point of view, which could be replaced. Mm -hmm. For example, many companies have already um, a, a system to generate PDF policy documents. And it was very expensive and it's working. And if it's working, we say, okay, then please go ahead with it. It makes no sense to replace. Uh, but then we have to integrate the stuff. And so this is our, so this is our, they have a separate business partner module. So this is how we cut our service. So it's not extremely small, but I think it has the right size for replacing and for managing it. Okay. That, that's yeah. actually really nice and pragmatic. So it's amazing. So a uh, cool startup in Würzburg with an international team. And uh, the question now, where people can find you? So and how to apply, you know, uh, if, you, if someone would like to have a job with uh, Thin Wars and lots of fun. So uh, how to apply in your company, where people can find you and what's the references? Yeah, you can just uh, send me a ping on uh, Twitter. It's Matthias Reining uh -huh. or on LinkedIn, the same Matthias Reining. Okay, and uh, and what is the uh, the URL of your company? It's tech eleven, uh, one one tech one one dot com. Okay, and uh, if some if another company, uh, no, someone listens to the show and would like to buy your services, then you can just go through tech eleven, and they will find you know some someone exactly. who will. Okay, exactly. We have we have no basket. It's no no it's no business where somebody say okay, I have a basket. I say add and buy it. Typically, there's some presentation and sales cycles, but of course, we find this on our website. And then we start typically uh, discussing about his need. Okay, perfect. And the episode I mentioned was the episode number 36, Java Native Database with Markus Kett. And we had, uh, and Markus Kett organizes the JCon conference. This is where the interesting part with the keynote and Whitefly and OpenShift happened. So cool. Uh, um, so what we should do, Matthias, uh, in a few weeks or month, we should repeat that and, and see how whether you are still happy with uh, Java and MicroProfile or, or even um, Quarkus. And uh, another thing for the backlog, Quarkus come also with a small embedded uh, decision or business engine, so you will also have to check it out. Uh, it's also nice. So uh, thank you. Any final words? So everything? No, everything fine. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it was a great talk. Thank you. So, so thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Ciao.